Kelsey, welcome to the Warrior Soul Podcast. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. It's good seeing you again. Yeah, great seeing you too. We we uh were able to meet up down in Texas a few weeks ago where we did the uh, Warrior Angels Foundation 4x4x48, and it was an absolutely awesome event. I mean, like I, I was so tired during the whole thing and a lot of pain, but I came back from that like kind of sky high because the people down there were amazing. Uh, the event itself was amazing, and it was just just really great to meet people like you and, and so many other awesome people down there. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a really special event. Uh, it's funny you bring that up. Like it's obviously where we met and it was such a heartwarming event on a lot of levels. I talked to uh, Bill Anthes yesterday on the show about it. And we had this conversation about being at that event. There'll never be another one like that. There'll be right. stuff that gets better and better, but the, that was the first of something that was really special on a spiritual level, on a connection, human connection level. And it was a, a real privilege to get to be a part of that weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like the whole thing was just special and, and uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, like there, there'll be, there'll be other ones, there'll be bigger ones, there'll be better ones. But, but that first one was just, it was just such a special thing to be a part of and, and seeing all the love down there and, and, you know, actually, you know, being in people's presence, there's just something about that, you know, but, um, yeah. you, you know, I've, I've listened to so much about you. I've, I, I've heard you first time I heard about you was on the Jocko podcast. Um, uh, you went on there and you went through your story, which is, absolutely amazing yeah. and and um i'll say horrific in some instances and and you've been through so much with 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 everything but um you know you've you've also triumphed and you know you're 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 in business you've got brass and unity going on i have uh i have my bracelet i actually took it off for a second because i was uh um uh uh, doing some things here with my wrist and the, and the, the nine millimeter round was getting into my joint, but, but yeah, I love the bracelet. Oh yeah. And, and yeah. everything that you've been doing and yeah. you actually gave a bunch of those out, uh, when we were down at the event, but, um, you know, uh, you've been up in Canada, right. And, and what's mm -hmm. been going on this, this year with you guys, I know your business has grown like crazy, but there's also been some other things going on. You want to kind of get into that? Yeah. So I, yeah, I've, uh, I'm I'm glad you listened to that episode. I'm glad you could listen to it while it was up. Um, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, I, yeah, I have a story like every every other person in the world, right? I just got an opportunity to tell it. I got an opportunity to work with um, some people, uh, and I'm really fortunate to have to, to continue to have those opportunities. Um, but yeah, for me, the country uh, in Canada, it, you know, it's 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 its own thing right now, right? Um, I'm Canadian. I'm a Canadian veteran. I served uh, as a Canadian uh, artillery gunner on the M777s. Uh, deployed as a gunner and end up doing some other stuff with some other countries. And so, you know, I've always been really lucky to to have my you know background to kind of steer myself through business and into business. And, and I really didn't have a plan to become an entrepreneur and brass and unity really came out of healing and needing a need to heal myself and, and feel like I could help others. And so, uh, the reason we gave those bracelets out at the event was because we wanted people to feel unified and connected. And cause that's what I, I not only stand for, but that's what I started my company for. I want people to feel like they're not alone so that they don't ever think that suicide's an option. I always want them to know that somebody has got their back and I, I just do it in a very unconventional way. 
Um, unfortunately, because of the ways that I <laughs> I do things unconventionally and the and the state of the Canadian um, uh, landscape, uh, political nightmare, whatever you want to call this um, draconian. Uh, dictatorship. There's, you know, there's plenty of words we could use here, my friend. Right. Um, but because of the way that Canada is being, people like me are not really loved by people like the government or people like traditional media. We we stand for something different. We stand for something called freedom. We stand for uh, no bigotry, no separation, no hate, no no division. I, my God, when you're in the military, you serve right. alongside everyone, all yeah. kinds, and it's a collective of, of a group of humans that don't see color or anything like that. We make jokes and we are, you know, but there's a, there's a unification and love within that. And then when you get out, when you are now amongst civilian population, it, it feels like at least, a, you know, a lot of people don't think the way we think, or they, they, because they haven't had those experiences, they can't understand quite enough. And so when things like freedom of speech come up or, things like the right to leave the country come up or to choose what to do with your own body come up. Um, I'm, I'm deemed as, um, you know, a, a hateful person, which is the last thing, uh, I would ever wish, or I'm, I'm not for that. I, and I, and I, um, reject that idea and I reject that right. sentiment that brass and unity is anything but a supportful company. And in Canada, unfortunately, if you speak ill of, what's happening and uh, just our, our freedom of rights being uh, taken away, then, you know, that doesn't bode well for your company. It doesn't bode well for things. So we've gotten out ahead of it um, as much as we can, but there's mm -hmm. new bills put in Canada that most Canadians don't even realize are happening. There's a new bill called Bill C, um, Bill, Bill C 11, and it covers censorship over social media and, and media in Canada and Canada's media is statewide. So if they don't understand it, then they can't understand it. They just right. say, oh, well, shadow banning. That's not, no, you have no idea the reach, right? So for us, Canada has been different, but I've been very fortunate to have a lot of American organizations and a lot of American uh, friends, a lot of American podcasts who have kind of welcomed and embraced, you know, what we do and who we're trying to help and how we're doing it, you know? And, and so I've been really, I mean, I've been really lucky. You, I mean, look at me sitting here with you, right? Um, so Yeah. That's where we're at. <laughs> well, you know, and that's the thing that kind of boggles my mind because because you're a person who served their country, um, you sacrificed a lot for your country. Um, you know, if, if you do go and check out uh, Kelsey's interview and the Jocko podcast, learn about her story. She, she's with the Canadian Canadian Army and then actually got deployed and was was uh, in Afghanistan with British troops. Right. Yeah. Um, Jocko took it down temporarily to do some editing on it. So mm -hmm. I would say if you want to hear that kind of story, you can go on to Lex, Lex Friedman's is up and you can watch it on YouTube or anything like that. I've spoken about it there or even, um, you know, there's, there's plenty of shows I've had that conversation on. So. Awesome. Awesome. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, like you are definitely somebody who's been out there, you, you know, you put your life on the line alongside people of all races, cultures, creeds and, and, and everything. And, yeah. and, you know, your whole, your whole company is based around love and healing and, yeah. and to think, you know, I, 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 with this whole Elon Musk trying to buy Twitter thing, I saw a tweet, oh, yes. right. And, and, and the tweet said something like, um, I don't get how Elon Musk is in favor of freedom of speech when he called the most progressive leader in the world, a dictator. And 
Because he is. That's the reality. Because he is. <laughs> and, that, and that's the thing. I can't I can't believe that that people are either like being hoodwinked or they're purposefully hoodwinking themselves not to see no, this. No, they're listen, it's it's a I go between frustration and understanding. Um, because there's a lot of people, there's a subset of individuals who just for no fault of their own. They, they, they wake up and they turn CBC on, or they wake up and they turn global news on, or they turn CTV on. And those are the media outlets in Canada. That's it. We don't have like a CNN and a Fox and a da, 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 da. We have one and it is publicly and very well known, funded by the media, um, the, by the current government. So the media with whatever government is sitting is the one who funds the CBC and people like that. And so, of course... Of course, you're not going to see that in the media. The only things you're going to see in Canada right now are very fear-based um, headlines and conversation. There is no conversation about unification or support or how do we help the people that are struggling because of the literal, dangerous, unhealthy conditions that people were meant to live under. You know, the lockdowns were so severe. And I mean, in so many places in the world, but in Canada, they they have they just haven't really stopped. If I'm honest, they're they took the masks off just a couple of weeks ago and then Ontario re-implemented them again. So the Vax passports are gone, but you still can't leave the country without a Vax passport. So there's plenty of things that we we're the only we're the only country in the globe that is the, the real think about that. We're the only country in all of existence of humanity on this floating rock that can't leave its country. Wow. That directly violates the Charter of Rights on several, several points. And that's not up for debate. That's not me saying this because I believe in one side of government or the other. That's not up for debate. That's what's happening. Wow. They took bank accounts from people who donated more than $20 to a GoFundMe. Right. That's happened. That's a wartime act in, in, um, invoked and put on its citizens. And World War II, it wasn't enacted for three years into World War II. Wow. So that's happening. And when you see that, and then you have an individual that's running the country, whomever side they're on, speaking the way he speaks about humans, saying that's acceptable, and this is coming from the leader, and then saying he's going to run for, he's already been in parliament for I don't even know how long, and he wants to run again until he's going till 2025, and he wants to go beyond that. That, my friends, is called a dictatorship. And if you don't understand one, don't take my word for it. I'm just a podcaster and a, you know, and a da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Go read a book. Go look it up. Go go outside of Facebook and Instagram for information and have that conversation with someone else so you can learn and understand. Because for someone to say that he's not a dictator or isn't imposing dictator type rules, draconian measures on its on its citizens. No, that's not an argument because that's a reality and a fact. So that's why I speak about it. I don't have an issue of speaking about it because I'm not spewing lies and disinformation like the current administration has currently done on its citizens. Wow. That's, I mean, it's in it and it's insane for me as an American to hear about that in Canada, 
right? We're, we're not talking about Russia. We're not talking about China. We're not talking about a, a vast number of other countries that that could be considered traditionally dictatorships. We're talking about Canada here, right. which was known to be far more liberal. And, and when I say that, I mean, in the, in the terms of uh, liberal democracy than, than even the United States. Freedom of rights. Yeah, absolutely. And we have, I mean, you saw the welcoming he got at the United Nations when he went over. Uh, members of parliament called him out, called him dictators, people who know far more than I do. And, and up and left and wouldn't even sit for his speeches because they're not going to represent themselves uh, as a free United Nations and then allow an individual like that to speak. It's, it's just not reality. It's not up to debate. Let me ask you this. So so with your business and, and your yep. media platform, what types of things have been imposed on you since all this has happened? Uh, and what types of things have you been dealing with? So we just have the basic, I mean, listen, I'm not trying to sit here and say, oh, poor me. All I'm trying to say is pay attention Mm -hmm. because it affects people and it affects people that are genuinely trying to do something. And it's, it's frustrating, right? So we donate 20% of our net proceeds to different organizations all over the world and help fund organizations that help veterans and individuals who have kind of been dropped to the wayside from the government, from veterans affairs. Ours is just as bad as yours. It's the same sort of thing. So we try to help community and bring community. We don't sow division. So we're not of value to the conversation. So just things like they throttle your social media. They throttle your social media. I'm on my 16th current warning on my personal page um, for things like hate speech and sexual exploitation and all of these things. And if you go and look at my Instagram, you can see that's the, yeah. And then, so, but you also, because the the government has a new bill in place, they can um, monitor and handle social media, right? So all of a sudden, February, we got a huge hit of, all of our products on Facebook, all of a sudden, we're no longer under the guidelines. I mean, we sell things with like spent casings on them, but all of a sudden things that didn't have those were not within the guidelines. And it's because they can throttle things like that. They can throttle uh, the websites being direct, like the direction to websites. They can throttle anything they want. And it's it's their prerogative now. It's, it's the law. And so uh, we try to use VPNs and things like that. But the problem is, you know, predominantly posting from one account, from one location, they're going to, it's our, I fall, I'm, I'm in Canada. So I fall under it. Wow. It, it, so sexual exploitation, I, I, I mean, I've looked at your page. I don't see where that, that, that I'm fall. not one of those people that posts a lot of that stuff. I think I have like right. one bikini photo on there. Um, we, uh, it was a, an NFT. It was an NFT. I have an NFT artist. That's one of my favorites. Uh, it's Oak and Arrow at Oak and Arrow. And he's dope. And I posted, if you go on there, you'll see the type of stuff he does. I posted one of them and it was a girl, her nipple was out and it was like a sparkle exploding and her whole face was made of flowers. And it was like this kind of psychedelic thing. And I posted it and someone must like taken it down for um, sexual exploitation. I mean, I've seen, I've seen way worse stuff than that. Oh Yeah. From- from, I guess you'd say the other side of things, but yeah, I mean, it's, that's insane. That's insane. Um, yeah. So, (laughs) yeah. How does, how does the system work there? How does, how does the prime minister get elected? How does the parliament work? 
Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, I wish I was more knowledgeable. I'm definitely working on getting myself better at that. It's not something I actually paid attention to in school. Um, but I know, I know that honestly, I don't even know that the guy, like, it's, it's hard to even say he has terms anymore mm-hmm. because he's won and then he's won again. And then he called a snap election during the Afghan pullout and he's planning on running again. So like, I, I mean, does it matter? Uh, so, you know, and then we had a partnership, I believe, where the conservatives just, par- um, sorry, the liberals just partnered with the NDP, which means the government is a, you know, a coalition government now. <laughs> and so there's just been the way that it is run. I don't even know that it matters anymore because the finance minister all of a sudden is very prominent in having these conversations and she's like the mouthpiece. Right. Mm-hmm. She's the mouthpiece for him when he's when he doesn't want to have the hard conversation, which is every time. So I wish I knew more. But at this point, I don't know that it would even matter because it does feel mm-hmm. like it doesn't matter. They're just right. gonna, they're just right. going to do it anyway. Yeah. So I actually I used to be a political scientist. And yes. <laughs> so Can you help me then a little bit. So so. Based on my knowledge, and and I wasn't a comparative political scientist, I studied international politics. So, but um, to my knowledge, the Canadian system is very much like the British system. Um, yes. Single yes. member districts, um, first past the post. And when I say that, it's not a majority that that wins. It's 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 a a plurality that wins the district. The um, party that has the most. Uh, uh, members of parliament, they get to form a government. If they don't have a plurality, then what they do is they form a coalition with another party that can allow them to form that government. And then once he forms a government, the ministers are are then, you know, you have um, in, in Great Britain, the minister of the Exchequer, which is like the treasury minister, mm-hmm. that's that has the most power. And then that's followed by a, a bunch of other ministries. I can't remember them all or anything like that. Um, and then the prime minister is the leader of that government. Um, I'm not so they can call an election whenever it suits them. Um, yeah. And they that- can't. Conveniently during the Afghan pull out where there was a media blackout on anything Afghan related. Yeah. Yeah. And and so he's got a lot of different tools that that he can yeah. he can use and and push at his disposal. Um mm-hmm. one of the things I think that is of issue up there is that, you know, in in, in your charter, um, the freedom of speech isn't necessarily as codified as it is in in our Bill of Rights, right? Um, and, and because of that, there's a history of, of these types of things being allowed in Canada, but even, even with our bill of rights, we've had massive problems with it here in the United States, granted, Mm -hmm. not to the extent that you guys are dealing with up in, up in Canada. Right. Yeah. And I mean, listen, a lot of people in Canada don't think they're dealing with anything at all. Right. That's the thing that they're, it's just been done so well. It's been done like with military, like planning precision, like mm-hmm. it's been done effectively. That's what well, gets me. <laughs> right. And and here's the thing, like, cause I, I, I tend to read the comments on Twitter, not oh. because I want to piss myself off, but because <laughs> I want to see what people's psychology is. Mm-hmm. And whenever, you know, you had the Canadian truckers going on, it was all these people like I. All th- these people are shutting things down. They're they're causing they're just rabble rousers. I, I mean, and no. what it sounds to me like, it sounds to me like you know, 
um, the United States circa 1950s, the way like um, anti-communists were here, McCarthyism, except it's reversed now. It's it's hilarious. Um, it's for it, it's it's my favorite because when you see individuals, they're like they are terrorists. I've never seen a mo- more diverse group of age and religion and just everything across the board. Just human beings like rallied together. I've never seen it. I've never right. seen it. And the United States can't go a week, uh, 24 hours without burning a city down when they have a protest. And for some reason, we were able to go like five weeks. We're still doing it. We still like you guys don't see it on the media, but we still have protests going on across the country wow. in every, every I have one beside my house every weekend. I live on the border. So like it's happening. It's still going on just because you're not seeing it in the media. It's just same reason you're not seeing the stuff that's going on in China right now in Shanghai and how aggressive and just horrific it is. Human human rights violations you've never seen before. You're not seeing it because it can't get pushed out. And that's what happens when you can control the media. You can control what gets pushed out. That's why a lot of Americans didn't even understand that there was thousands of Native American children that were found in mass graves across the country that the Canadian government and the Catholic church are responsible for. Really? Do you know? Okay. Do you remember when we were in the circle outside the fire and um, what's his name? The chief was standing up Yeah. and he was saying, and this is why the lawyer was here that fought the Catholic church with us. Do you remember? Like it was like one of the, the Phil. Yeah. Yeah. I remember saying, we were sitting by the fire. It was during the day. And he came over and said, this is, um, and, and we will never, we will never stop saying the names of all of the children that we have lost. And that this is the lawyer that has helped us fight, um, fight about it, like fight in court over it. And she was sitting on the bench and she was, she was like older lady and all black. Yeah, I do remember her. Yep. Okay. What he was discussing was the fact that there have been mass graves found in almost every province across the country outside of native American residential schools, the indigenous population. When the Catholic church came over to Canada, um, I think it was in the late 1800s up until 1997, they went and with the government took uh, indigenous children from their parents, put all the parents on reserves, took the children and put them in residential schools, cut their hair, stripped their identity and made them become Catholic. And they would never see their families again. And uh, not last last year, the year before, they found the first mass grave of, I believe, over 200 children in Kamloops, British Columbia. And then they found one and another one. And then they found another one and they found like another one. And so now, um, there is a day, August 31st is truth and reconciliation day. And that's why the, the Canadian flags at half mass for a very, like it's every day for one, one day for every child. And there's thousands. So, um, you know, it doesn't shock me that mm-hmm. things are, are suppressed because they don't look good. They right. don't look good. And then when the prime minister on that very first holiday, instead of going and sitting with one of the many, many families of the children that you're supposed to be a leader of that were murdered by the, the church and the government. You went on holiday to Tofino with your family. Oh my God. That's, so that's just so, not a leader, man. That, <laughs> I mean, so the idea of that, so one, that that's not anywhere out here. I have not heard anything about that. That's what chief Phil was talking about though. Yeah. That that's insane to me. And, and yeah. what she was talking about, we, we had a, uh, a fire uh, at the campsite at the, the warrior angels, uh, four by four by 48 and chief Phil 
was part of a Native American tribe, I believe it was the Dakota Indians of uh, of Canada, that came down mm-hmm. and he he helped us go through ceremonies as we were doing the run, which which and the ceremonies were absolutely amazing. I mean, just Unreal. very healing and 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 helped put us in a, a good mental mindset for the challenge. But that is absolutely insane to me. <laughs> I can't, I can't believe that. Just I mean, mass graves of babies from the ages five and up. Wow. Wow. And there's a lot of survivors because the they closed the last residential school just in 1997. So there's survivors who are in the residential schools who said that kids would go out to the apple orchard and just never come back. Like they were heavily abused. Like it was a terrible situation. Oh and, my God. and that's why on our reserves in Canada, most of them don't have clean running water. They don't have clean drinking water in Canada. They don't because they're a second class. They're people... The government just puts them in a reserve and says, you're a second-class citizen and just deal with it. That's, I mean, that's insane. I'm watching that, um, the Netflix show right now about Jimmy Savile from, um, from Great Britain. And he was, um, he was a celebrity out in, 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 in the UK and he had, um, like, he was like the biggest VJ or DJ of the time. And then he had the show called Jim will fix it. And like, he was, I'm trying to think of who he could, he probably compared to like Johnny Carson, um, here okay. in the yep. something like that, but like he, it, it, what they found and what he, he did all this charity work for hospitals and he would go and he'd be, um, he'd be like a porter for, um, some of the women's hospitals and things like that. And what they found after he died was that he was the most prolific serial rapist, um, both pedophiliac and necrophiliac in, in, um, British history, like hundreds of victims, hundreds of victims. And it's absolutely horrible. Like I I listened to one of the victims yesterday, but the thing, the reason I'm getting to that is because this idea of being so he was, he was knighted, right? He had an OB and he was knighted. And this idea of being intertwined with that elite, uh, level, um, of being, I mean, it's, it's almost like they have, um, carte blanche to do whatever they want, you know, because of who they are and because of what their beliefs are. Yeah, absolutely. And then another great example uh, is Russell Williams, he the, he was the colonel of the Trenton Air Base, and he murdered. He's a serial killer, yeah. and he, he's from a very small town. But he was this huge, prestigious guy who just thought, you know, and I, I can do whatever I want, and I can get away with it because of who I am. He was also he's also a sociopath. And yeah, like, no, that's that's crazy. I mean, similarities. Absolutely insane. And, and, and one of the things, though, is that and, and when you said the way the Canadian media system is set up, um, one of the things that, that that dawned on me is that up until very recently, they can control whatever message went out because mm-hmm. it was just the news networks and the major newspapers that 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 supplied the coverage. Now they have podcasts. Now we have social media. Now we have all these different things that they can't get their grasp on. And that was the case up until I think maybe five, six years ago, but now they have their hands so deep with Facebook and, and, and Instagram and everything like that, that it's kind of like a backlash and they're grabbing hold of it. Like, and, and, and it's worse than it's ever been. The new bill, get this, the new bill in Canada 
impo- imposes so that and so that Facebook and Instagram have to pay CBC, which is the legacy media in Canada. Wow. So it's like it they're so intertwined and to pretend that they're not is just it's it's dangerous. It's dangerous rhetoric. I mean, we're already <clears throat> Canada's already allowing plenty of things. I mean, we could we could touch on. I don't want to seem like it's all complaining and it's all negative because that's why people ask me, "Why are you still there? Then what are you doing?" It's like I served this country once. I'll do it again, uh-huh. and I don't want to abandon it. I don't want to. I love where I'm from, and I'm proud of where I'm from, and I'm proud of the people. I've the the first time I felt hope, gen like genuine because COVID was rough on everyone, right? Uh-huh. Like, don't get that twisted just because you, I was me and you were you and so and so. It hit everyone, hit people. Right. Some worse, it some you know whatever. But from a business perspective, if you owned a business during COVID or anything like that, like that hit. And the thing is. There wasn't a lot of hope in Canada, right? Because things just got kept getting worse and worse and worse. And then you guys kind of stopped at a certain point. And then we kept going and kept going. And then there was rules. And then you couldn't go here. Then you can't go in this restaurant if you're dirty. You know what I mean? Like if you chose to just not do it, then you couldn't even go in a restaurant up wow. until two weeks ago. You couldn't go on a plane or a bus or a train at all. So when that started happening, I started losing a lot of hope. And then I remember my husband and I were driving downtown to take our son. What were we doing with him? We were going somewhere like science where we were going downtown to do something. Right. And, um, I remember I saw all these trucks, all these transports along, uh, highway 176 that goes to the border and a ton of them, but all these people were out of the cars, taking pictures of the trucks. I had no idea what was happening. And then my father-in-law goes, did you hear there's truckers going to Ottawa? And I go, what is happening? And then I started seeing it. And then I was like, oh, fuck. Yes. Finally, finally. And I, I started bawling my fucking eyes out. Mm -hmm. I'm not exaggerating. It was, it was the moment where I realized I'm not alone in this. There are other people in this country that don't think this is okay that I don't have to sit in this sadness, I can be hopeful again. And so when I did the hold the line sign and I posted it, that's when we started getting hit because that's when I made it my stance known. And that's when people like uh, Kid Carson, he's been a radio host for 20 years, Kid Carson show, Kid um, also got let go of his job because he spoke in in um agreement with the protest. And so now he's, uh, he's got his own show and he's doing his own thing, but he's not with the radio anymore because he wasn't towing the line. And so there's been repercussions. If you speak out against this, like, don't get that twisted at all. Um, not just to me, but other individuals, uh, I'm having kid on to talk about it soon, actually. And he's much larger than I am in terms of shows. Right. So for him to see it and then people like us to see it, I mean, they're doing it across the board, but I won't, I won't back down on that. I won't. And I, and, and people say to me, my father-in-law says it all the time. Are you sure you're ready to take like what that means though? Like, Cause you'll lose it all. They'll try to make you lose it all. Fuck. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? The, what else are you doing in life? Right. What else are you willing to stand up for it? If it isn't everything you've put your life on the line for and your business on the line for and everything you've tried to grow. 
I'm just not, I'm not giving in. <laughs> yeah, no, you, I mean, you can't, you can't because you're right. I mean, what else is there, right? What else is there? If, if, if we're going to give up all of the things that, that, that so many of our, our brothers and sisters have fought for and died for, and we're just going to hand it over on a plate. I mean, what else yeah. is there? What do you, what do you, it, it just boggles my mind. I was watching uh, a video the other day, Russell Brand, who, who through this, oh, I, I think him. has developed a really great YouTube channel and, 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 and is a really great source of new. I never thought I'd be saying that Russell Brand. Is I love a that guy. New, he is right? brilliant. I want to he, talk to him so bad. He is. He's great. He was showing videos of what's going on in Shanghai right now. Oh, it, dude, it's horrific. Literally people screaming like a whole city. You can hear mm -hmm. them screaming. I mean, the, the video of a, of a, a sanitation worker killing a guy's dog as he's being carted off uh, because he tested positive for COVID. I mean, that's, that's, that's insane. I mean, we were showing it on the drinking bros. When we were having a conversation, we were showing some videos, um, about it was, uh, the day that the New York, the subway, uh, shooting happened. Um, I was on there and they said, do you, have you seen what's going on in Shanghai? And I said, yeah, have you? And then they said, yeah, pull up a video. And they pulled up the video and it's people screaming at the top of their lungs and people jumping, just jumping. And, um, you know, that's really, that's really fucked up. There's bags of animals, bags of them, some alive, some dead on the street corners. They're separating kids from family. They're starving people to death. I wonder how, I wonder what people will say when we look back on this 75 years from now. I mean, I won't be here. Well, maybe, hey, technology, where we're going. Elon's <laughs> right. He's got the, listen, I got so much hope for humanity now because of that dude. I think fucking everybody should. Everybody should. My point is, I wonder though. Yeah. I think about that a lot. I wonder how people are going to look back and what they're going to say and how they're going to justify it because it will be justified. But how? The tragic thing is that it is that it depends on who writes the history, right? And 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 who wins, you know? Mm -hmm. Um because since everything's digital now, um mm -hmm. you can change that history like that. I mean, you can. Oh, don't I know it? I, I, I make a joke that <clears throat> every morning I wake up and check Reddit to make sure I'm a, a good person, you know. Yeah. Because the 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 mob can outweigh the reality, and they can make the new reality. And I've seen it. I've been I've been on the other side of it, and it's not a great spot to be. But when you, you know who you are. You have to hold it. You have to hold strong because that shit's, you just got to know the truth. Yeah, no, absolutely. I got to ask you this because you're a mother. Um, and, yeah. and how old's your son now? He's going on, he'll be six here in a couple months. What, what does he think of all this? And, and do you notice the children there? Are, are, are they paying attention to what's going on and, 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 um, you know, any of his playmates or anything like that. How, how are they handling all of this? I'll, uh, I'll be completely transparent with you. We've made it seem like it's nothing to him. Um, we were very fortunate. My husband and I are on the same page about a lot mm. of things. And so instead of uh, during COVID, it didn't really affect him much because uh, he was in preschool age. So all the, most of the kids stayed at home with their parents during lockdown and weren't exposed to anything. And we sent our kid to forest school. 
where there were no masks and they was outside eight hours a day. And he learned how to build fires. He has a hatchet. He, you know, I talk about this often. He's He's been through adversity. He's learned how to do plenty of things. Um, the one thing he's never learned how to do is wear a mask. And the one thing he's never learned how to do is to act like this is something that he needs to be concerned about. Number one, that is an adult issue because it does not affect kids. And we know that. So like, let's just go there. Yeah. There's a subset of kids. If your kid is overweight and your kid has leukemia or your kid has diabetes, yeah, that's a different thing. But I'm saying the run of the mill, the run of mill, healthy child, healthy diet, plenty of exercise, low to minimal screen time outside is going to be just fucking fine. So for him, he was in that program. He never had any of those issues. Uh, What's terrifying though, uh, he did go to kindergarten this year and we have had major issues with the school um, because there's individuals and children that have never been socialized, uh, aren't potty trained, going into kindergarten, can't do up their own jackets, um, can't leave the parent yet because they never have, only wear masks, are afraid when you don't wear one, um, don't know how to read social cues. And there's been children in his class that have become aggressive and incredibly violent. Um one kid took a key to another kid's neck. These are five-year-olds, dude. Wow. Yeah. So um, I've had the conversation with people on the school boards and it has been very clear and they've stated across the board, they have seen a massive, massive, massive impact on young children, COVID kids, uh, if you will. And you have seen it in the form of dysregulation in the form of inability to be separated from parents, uh, anxiety disorders, like you've never seen aggression, like just really uncontrollable behavior, behavior that when you impose an adult stressful situation on a very small human that doesn't have the capacity to fully understand the extent, um, it's a form of child abuse because those children don't have, they don't have, the tools in their brain to wrap their mind around what you're saying. So you just don't, we don't have that conversation. And when he says, he said, mommy, the, the, the teachers are taking, some teachers are taking their masks off now because COVID's over. I said, honey, COVID was not something. Never, you didn't need to worry about it. He goes, I know. But then there's other kids at the park where when they fall, my son is the first one to run over and go hug someone. So he did that during COVID and another kid pushed his arms out and was like, get, get back, get back. Like that is fucked up. Mm -hmm. And we've done that willingly to our children and next generation because now they know that when somebody powerful says, be afraid, they'll be afraid. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what was going through my mind while you were talking about all that. So, and I hate that it was going through my mind is like, that's how school shooters are created. You know, of course it is. I mean, like, it's, seriously, I mean, you, you desocialize a kid, then eventually they're going to have to face the real world where you need people and you need to be around people. And, and the problem is if you're not able to deal with conflict and you're not able to, to, to you know, compartmentalize things in your mind, then, then you're going to have some crazy ass behavior that pops up over the next 15 to 20 years. Emotional dysregulation is just out of control. Couple that with like over, 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 you know, overdoing sugar and, and, and 
process bullshit and screen like just the the stuff of being inside that house for two years for these kids for that were the most like most formidable what is it like zero to seven is like the most formidable ages for tiny little humans and Mm -hmm. uh, like two years of that and if you were a very like terrified person or you were overweight and unhealthy and had a ton of comorbidities morbidities you stayed at home man And you wore masks everywhere and gloves everywhere and you were fucking fearful. Or that's just if you believed everything you were hearing, you were like that. So can you imagine if that was your parent and you were a two-year-old kid? So two to four, that's all you knew. There's parents out there that I know personally where their kid, when they take their mask off, they scream. Wow. That's wrong to impose that on the next generation. It's crazy. That's uh, that's absolutely insane. That's the scariest thing I've heard out of all of this. Of course it is, because at the end of the day, every country did it right to an extent. Everyone yeah. wore masks. Well, for the most of it, most some of America was like, fuck you. And I was like, I <laughs> I'm love in it. Florida, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you were fine. But for for the rest of the world, all their kids, you know, they're going to see the same things. We're not going to see the real repercussions of this on the next generation for a little bit. We're starting to scratch the surface, but we're really not even close to seeing what the developmental delays are going to be. We know there already are with language because of the eye connection and the mouth mimic the way kids do. We already understand that kids are struggling and anxiety and depression in, in early teens is, mm-hmm. and hopelessness and all that is skyrocketing in America. So that's concerning. And anybody who sits there and says it's not is not thinking rationally and logically. No, no. Or they have ulterior motives. I mean, Oh yeah. I'm saying general population that don't have control over kind of the next steps. I'm saying the people that are just like, I listen to the news and I watch Facebook and that's where I get my information from. (laughs) So I want to ask you this before, before we start wrapping up. I mean, the reason we were in Texas was because of the Warrior Angels Foundation and and all the work they're doing. How did you come across WAF and, and, and uh, how did you get involved in, in, you know, how has that helped you along the way? Yeah. So I was really lucky again. Um, I, I kind of alluded to this at the event, you know, through my friend Griff, the founder, one of the co-founders of um, awesome guy. Combat. Oh, I love Griff. Combat yeah. flip-flops. He introduced me to Jesse Gould of Heroic Hearts. And I went and did ayahuasca with them. And because of them, my life changed. And I always said to Jesse, like, you've got me for life. However, I can help because of what you did for me. Same with Griff. And um, out of the blue, literally, I get this email and it's with Jesse and with Andrew, Andrew Marr. Um, and Adam was CC'd on it. And uh, they're like, oh, I see this. These are, you know, this is you two need to talk. And then um, next thing you know, I was on the phone, uh, I think in December with uh, uh, Andrew, and we were having a discussion about the event. And he's like, you know, it'd be great if you could, we're doing this thing. And I was like, oh, I want to come to that. And he's like, okay, awesome. Absolutely. Like, come down. So we had it on the books and it was kind of planned out. And I started to get to know them more. And I was really lucky I had, uh, um, I had Andrew on the podcast and we kind of talked about his life and uh, Dr. Mark Gordon, because I was also using Dr. Mark Gordon's uh, protocol, the millennium um, protocol already. So I knew of the, these people before and um, 
I thought what a what a, an incredible opportunity and honor and just to be asked to go participate and do this event with them. And I said, of course, I have to go do it. And he's like, it's the David Goggins four by four by four by 48. <laughs> and I was like, all right, cool, man. I'll just start wrecking. So, you know, I got ready for it. And I was really uh, I was really touched because that event was not at all what I thought it was going to be. Right. It, it blew my mind with how good I felt walking away from it. And Nikki as well, uh, my social media girl, she's, she was with me and she goes, that was a different thing. That was yeah. something different. That wasn't an event. That wasn't an event. That was a community out of love and unification and wanting better and every single person being pure in their intent. And it was something that was challenging and we all got to suck together. And it was something that was so special that it's going to be hard to, like I said, to to do like that again. It's going to be done even better. But like getting to be at the first one and really connect on a deep level with individuals that were there, the way they did it, that event will forever be one of the, the greatest, coolest things I think I've ever gotten to go do. No, it was absolutely awesome. It was absolutely awesome. I mean, some of the things they're bringing together there, you mentioned psychedelics, um, you know, you mentioned that it changed your life. And, and, uh, we talk quite a bit about that here on the podcast. Um, you know, I don't want you to get in like specifics because like, I think it, the experience co gets colored, but like, you know, in what way did it change you? What, what did it give you? Um, ayahuasca for me was more than just, uh, it was more than just an experience. It was the, it gave me the opportunity to heal and then do the work. It was just a weekend and a moment that was a privilege to get to experience and helped me heal and see things inside myself and learn things and progress. And it gave me, it gave me a, a moment to realize that there's more. And it was a game changer in the sense of it also helped me fulfill things that I really were missing in my life, like faith based and community and things that are hard to put into words. It was it was a it was a restart, a reset. It was a moment for me in time that is going to be uh, defining for sure. A hundred percent. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's a whole realm we've got to explore and we've got to give more credit to. And, and, yes. you know, I, I try to get people to talk about that every chance we get. Um, and, and I'm just so excited for all the things. That's one of the things that gives me hope is the idea that these things are out there, that people are awakening to them. And, and mm -hmm. I think the more we open our eyes to those, the more we'll open our eyes to the world in the way that it should be. So. I love it, man. Well, you know, last thing, um, I just want to thank you because I, <clears throat> when I first heard your episode on Jocko, I was actually going through a really tough time in my life. Um, I've got autoimmune disease. I was very sick at the time. And, uh, you know, just listening to your story gave me a whole lot of motivation to, to just try to keep going and, and kind of change the situation around me. And, um, you know, since that time, I've, I've turned a lot of things around. And, and um, I just want to say, you know, your message is awesome. Your company, Brass and Unity, is awesome. And I really appreciate your passion and, and your love for everything that you're doing right now for, for you know, not just veterans in your country, but I think veterans who who... who 
gone through this whole thing, this whole Guat thing over the last 20 years. So I really appreciate you. And I just want to acknowledge you for that. Thank you, man. That uh, means a lot to me. I think at the end of the day, all I ever try to do is, um, and, you know, talk as vulnerable as I can, because I think it helps. And that's, if it helps one person, it's worth, it's worth everything else that comes along with it. Right. And so I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm really makes my heart really, really happy to hear that, um, things are getting better for you and that you're turning it around and that you're seeing that you're worth, that you're worth working on. It's worth having you here, man. So I really appreciate the effort. Absolutely. And, and that's same is true me. for everybody out there in the audience too. I mean, like you guys are all worth it. And, and that's kind of what this is about is helping you guys realize that you are, how can people find you? How can people uh, follow you on social media? How can people find your business? Yeah. So the business is brassandunity.com. Um, anytime you sign up to be on the subscription list, you get 30% off. So go do that. We donate 20% of the net proceeds to veteran organizations all over the world. Um, we work to, you know, try to help elevate and talk about them. So the Warrior Angel Foundation was for uh, Vet Solutions, Heroic Hearts, SOA. And um, they, you know, they do really great things in the psychedelic space. So go check them out, please. But um, we also work with people like Defenders of Freedom and um, Kirstiannis Foundation and One More Wave and all these great people that are trying to help individuals. So you can see them um, and all of those types of resources on our website. Uh, the podcast is the Brass and Unity podcast. Social media is Brass and Unity. And uh, mine is uh, Kelsey underscore Sharon on there as well. Outstanding. Well, again, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Um, we'll definitely get all the links up uh, to, to find Kelsey and Brass and Unity and everything else up on the show notes for this episode. And everybody out there, you know, man, we've covered a lot today. I hope that you guys are hanging in there. I hope that you're fighting for your own freedoms and, and you know, working to make this world a better place. And um, I hope that you're living your best lives while you can. Uh, this is Chris Albert and Kelsey Sharon, and we are out.